0: Hello oh, and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm Sarah Gorski.
1: And I'm Chloe Sky.
0: And today we are going to be talking about a badass broad. But first, I have a question for both of you ladies. Are you
2: prepared? I'm always yes. prepared. One,
0: oh, I love that. Great answer. Great answer. All right. Do y'all know what the Bechdel test is?
1: Yes. I do. Yes!
0: <gasps> Oh, okay, well, pretend like you don't.
1: I've never heard second. of it in my life.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I'm going to inform. You today, Chloe, I'm going to break this down for you and I'm going to let you know. What about you, Sarah? No, Sarah's like, I'm sorry. I can't pretend not to be. This is part <laughs> I, of me. I can't
2: pretend. It's it, like in an intricate roots. part of my, <laughs> <Right. laughs> my I mean,
0: artist DNA. Think it, I, I think it should be for everyone, you know? I think,
1: it, I think it changed me. I think learning about it set me on a path to becoming both a feminist and a woman.
2: Yes. It's also like one of those things that like once you learn about it, it like cannot be unlearned and you see it everywhere. I would agree with that. Like when I'm watching movies, and when I'm watching, like I'm like, does this pet? I'm like, oh, how many women are in this? What? Are-? Anyway, I don't want to ruin this. Right. Episode.
0: <laughs> right. You're like, wait, wait. I don't want to give it away. No, no. This is true because the, the Bechdel test. What the Bechdel test is, is it asks the question: Are there two women in the movie? In this case, movies. They there. There's all kinds of variations, which we'll dip our toes into a little bit later. But are there two women in the movie? Do they talk to each other? And do they talk about something? other than men three super basic requirements boom 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 and the the fact of the matter is not very
2: many movies pass it
1: it's true still it's it's embarrassing we talk about it on modernized. like none
2: of aaron sorkin like none of there's like yeah. a whole bunch of like
1: <laughs> it's 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 pretty embarrassing <laughs>
2: It's pretty embarrassing. Maybe this is this is. I mean, one of the reasons why we don't see movies,
0: more movies about these broads, is because they're just like, no, there'd, there'd be too much of them in it. I yeah, suppose.
1: well, men just don't know how to even begin to frame a story around someone who isn't a man. They don't they're know like, how to write
2: about periods. They get very intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> and if we have women in it, they're
1: gonna have to have their yeah, periods. It has to be mentioned. <laughs> it's, always on their it's, periods. It's so important.
2: Jupiter in your in your. Maybe you'll talk about this later, but did you find that website where you can, like, click and you can, like, see the charts of, like, how many of the top, like, 100 movies of all time pass and don't? Like, there's this chart and it, like, the dots move around and shit. And it's, like, this super cool visual representation of, like, the top works of art, of film, of books or whatever, television.
0: There's so many. People are so into this people are into this because yes I've seen it I went and I looked it up and did extra research and I was like okay what is going on because honestly this I mean real truthfully the reason why this happened why I'm doing Bechtel today is because Chloe and I were doing our other podcast Modernize and I was looking up information about October Sky and I was like yo this October Sky definitely doesn't pass the Bechtel test and I was like you know what but like Who the fuck is Bechdel anyway? And in my head, I had this image of some, like, old white dude with, like, a beard (laughs) as, like, a professor. And then I thought deeper, and I was like, why would that dude create the bechdel test and so i did some clicking and clicking and clicking and i realized there's all these things about bechdel tests and there's all these ways and people update movies all the time like daily there's like the site i found is like the last post was six hours ago and we're comparing this and that and it's like so many different tabs like unexpected passes and like unexpected fails so i'm like who the fuck is bechdel and it is it is not it is not some old white dude professor actually. Uh-uh. It is like a very in your face queer woman cartoonist, and I was freaking mind blown because I would just always just I just assumed that the test was made to do this specifically, but I found out that that is not the case, and the origins of the Bechdel test actually comes from a freaking queer AF cartoon strip. And that is what I'm going to be talking about today. Yes. After, of course, giving you a brief introduction on her backstory. Ooh, I love a backstory. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so talked about the Bechdel test. Now I'm going to talk about Allison Bechdel. All right, so Bechdel was born in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, in September of 1960, to mother Helen Augusta, who was a teacher, a musician, an actor, and Bruce Allen Bechtel, who was a full-time teacher, part-time funeral director, and closeted gay man. This is
2: important. Whoa! Okay, it comes back. I'm more interested in. I'm I'm more interested in the funeral director part. Isn't that weird? Kind of. I'm a weird (laughs) person. (laughs) It's like,
0: how can you be a funeral director? Well, you were saying earlier that you did all those studies on infectious diseases and stuff before we.
2: Yeah, I'm a weird. I'm a weird person. I'm a weirder person than the
0: listeners
1: think. Death (laughs) and things that kill us.
0: Hey, each their own. You know, everyone has their thing. so, um, so Bechtel herself came out at the age of 19 as a lesbian and represents and presents herself as non-conforming. You can actually see this in the way that she still dresses today. And this has had a large impact on her work. Uh, she knew from a very young age that she wanted to show lesbians as regular human beings and not like this secret weird thing that's, like, off to the side. And so she decides that she wants to go to art school. And her father and her mother are also both very artistic, and so are her brothers. I don't actually exactly write down what they said, uh, what, like, the name of their bands, but they're all very, like, artistic people. But I think she's the only one in her family that is a cartoonist.
2: Wait, can I ask... Uh, this is probably a stupid question, but I'm a little embarrassed. But I'd like to um, know the answer. Is So, yeah. so when she... Is non-conforming? Does that mean like the whole trope about like lesbians wearing flannel and being bulldog? Like she like didn't want to appear that way, and so she just dressed like an. What do you? What is non-conforming lesbian? I think.
0: So, like, non-conforming just basically, like, means I'm not going to dress the way that my gender that I was assigned at birth tells oh. I'm supposed to dress. But that being said, I'm going to get into it a little bit later, she does explore more outside of that. And so I think that's, like, the first step, at least for uh, me in my So it's non-gender
2: journey. conforming clothing. Okay.
0: It's like, yeah, gender okay. nonconforming. And in nineteen eighty one, Alison Bechtel graduates with a degree in studio art and art history. And this is a really rough time for her. Because when she came out at nineteen, she came out to her mom and her dad and her brother and everyone was like, hmm, it was a little awkward because the dad had this sort of like repressed secret. But everyone kind of also knew because he was having like affairs and he was sleeping with other men and like the wife knew about it and the kids kind of knew about it. So when Allison came out and was like, yo, like I am gay, Allison's dad was like, "Okay, I understand. But like, do you have to label it and had a really hard time like accepting and coming to terms with it? And they had a very difficult back and forth and then, Whoa. so he had a hard time with her coming out because he couldn't come to terms with, like, the fact His that own, he couldn't no, come out. Because he was right. so
2: closeted, yeah. Yes.
0: Whoa. So
1: it's amazing how much everything we have issues with. is just stuff we can't accept in ourselves.
0: Right. So, trigger warning, pause. Her dad ends up not being able to handle this, and he commits suicide. Ooh, oh, no. Oh, no. Right. So this is challenging, and this is... Actually, like represented in her her work as well her mother then sells the family house is just I can't be in this house I'm gonna go and she, she moves away and eventually remarries another partner who she's with until she passes away another guy another guy wow. yeah so now she has graduated and she has not gotten a job offer. She gets rejected from the art school of choice that she wanted to go to after she graduated. This is Allison. This is Allison, yeah. So mm-hmm. she's dealing with her father passing away. Her family home is sold. Her mom is, has gone off and is starting this new life. And she doesn't have any job offers and is working like a string of shitty jobs. And to we've pass- all been there. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm,
2: we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So, to pass the time, she wrote letters to a friend. And one day, Allison draws a little picture in the margin of these letters of a deranged naked lady. Huh. Shout out. No close. <laughs> of a deranged naked lady holding a coffee pot, and she calls it Marianne, dissatisfied with the brew. Dykes to watch out for, plate number 27. <laughs> so, let's just pause. Dykes to watch out for. Broads, you should know. (laughs) I am just saying. All right. Into All right. it. I'm into it. Yep. Yep. So she said at the time she really didn't even like know what was going to come of that. And her whole plan for this was just to try and get, because she said number 27, right? So her whole plan was just to get like 27 deranged looking women being like stressed out of because of the bullshit that we have to deal with as women. Uh, but her friend was like, yo, this is really good. Maybe you should submit this. And so she does. So she submits it to Woman News, which was a feminist newspaper and is first published in June, 1983. So in 1983, it's like, okay, hold on, like, let's go. Like, fuck it, maybe she doesn't have to get a job. And like, she doesn't have to go to art school. And Dykes becomes one of the longest running, like comic strips that is out and available. And it runs from 1983 through 2008 and it is one of the earliest ongoing representation of lesbians in pop culture
2: wow that is a long time for a comic. That's a ma- i've never heard of it yeah
0: Dykes, you should know. Yeah, and so it was, like, self-produced, and, like, she put it out and did a lot of... Okay,
1: so, like, hold on. This is... I'm gonna take a they deep didn't, breath. They didn't put that in the Sunday papers. They that did was, They did that not one of the they ones. They did
2: not put
0: it in the Sunday paper. You know, it was... It no, was it was that...
2: You said it was a spe- specific queer magazine well right? yeah
0: it started off yeah it started off in uh womanist the, the woman news and um and then she like j- kept publishing it and she has like right now for instance she has uh jumping ahead a little bit she's a uh, she does publications in seven days which is a uh, an alternative weekly paper in Vermont which I thought was very strange but she like lives in Vermont and has done like a whole bunch of stuff and it's just like I do stuff every now and then with this paper in Vermont because what happened was is after running for all of this time now what what basically let me break down what what dikes you should know is
1: Dykes to watch out for Dykes
0: to
2: motherfuck yeah. I I just I really just steal wanna, the I'm the title of our
1: podcast I'm
2: nesting. That was the most sweet loving mistake that's ever happened on this podcast yeah, absolutely I think. I just, absolutely I
0: really want to <laughs> collab but yeah. That's the truth. I'm hoping Allison <laughs> hears this. If you do, will you please be a guest on our podcast? I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> Dykes to Look Out for features characters in a comic strip that age in real time over the 25 years that they Whoa. came
1: out. and That's rare too.
0: And these, so we're talking to the throwbacks earlier to like non conforming, like how do you non conform? Some of the characters are Mo, the lesbian feminist bookkeeper, or lowest the she's a she's a she's like a sex worker and an activist and a drag king and then there's a director of a woman's shelter there's a human rights investigator there's like a workaholic environmental lawyer uh someone who declares himself as a new age bisexual atheist so all of these different women and all of these different flavors of women are in this so it's like not only is it like oh look there's a lesbian in it it's like no 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 honey (laughs) look at at All of the different versions of this And all of the different ways That it can be represented And I think that's wonderful And I love, love, love That they age in real time With the comics So if you started reading this 25 years ago as you grew and changed, so did these characters.
2: They like became your friends and stuff. they they were like yeah. with you as you grew up. I love that. Right,
0: right. And it's like at the That's time to do. there wasn't access to it. You know, being like one of the first and definitely one of the longest ongoings. So in so this so Dykes is doing really well. And so what happened and how the Bechdel test even came to be is it was in one of these strips that was released that. Allison just did this doodle of two women, two queer women, walking down the street. And they're talking about trying to watch a movie. And essentially, they're walking by all of these just, like, Godzilla and, like, Mortal Kombat. I don't know. Just very, like, aggressive men, male-dominated. Toxically
1: dude-bro movies.
0: Toxically dude-bro movies. Exactly. And it is in the conversation that they're just like, oh, I'm not watching it. If I'm going to watch a movie, it has to feature at least two women who have a conversation with each other and not about a man. It's like and they start laughing and then they say they're going to go home and watch like Alien and there are theories online about what that means and why she chose alien and it's because queer women are alienated and you know it's like the, and also it's like that has female representation female lead characters we need to see more because Ripley like
2: the most badass she was like Ripley was kind of like the first of her kind in terms of like strong action heroes that were women
1: and it's because the script was written with the lead being a man Sigourney Weaver signed on and was like, I'm going to play that character. Don't change anything. Don't change a line. Is that true? Don't change anything. Yeah.
0: Wow. Back to Dykes to Look for on Broads You Should Know. So after these 25 years, Allison takes a hiatus to write Are You My Mother, which is a graphic novel which she produced in published in 2012. So this was kind of being called for, and she felt like she had to pause the comic strip to focus on this, because six years earlier, while she was still doing the comic strip, because she did like an ode to her father. So this is Are You My Mother, which was an ode to her mother, but in 2006, she did an ode to her father in Fun From Home, a family tragicomic, which is oh, I looked up the images for this. It's so beautiful. She essentially like documents the relationship with her father in the months. Dude, isn't it
2: the Broadway show Fun Home?
0: Yes, yes, it got turned into a Broadway show <sighs> and like started like really bubbling. Yes, this is that. That is Bechtel. That's like. Yeah, I've and heard I-
2: that that show is super heartbreaking. I have not seen it myself, but I have heard it is astonishingly beautiful.
0: It's based on the novel and it's so real and the images that i saw of it like her because she's drawing this so she's like drawing like one of them specifically was her running up a hill trying to go watch the sunset and being like dad come watch the sunset and the dad is just like super fucking depressed and like not really wanting to be there and oh. she's running up and she gets to the top of the hill and she sees the sunset and it's beautiful and like she's tearing up because it's so beautiful and just as the sun sets the dad reaches the top of the hill and she's like you just missed it and he like doesn't even care and that's one of the last occasions she had with her father oh. and she i mean talk about like oh oh
1: she, my oh, God. oh.
0: Yes. So um, check out her website. It is there. It is intense. It is intense. So needless to say, I think, you know, six years later, she's like, I'm going to take a hiatus before I do this one with my mom. And so she does this other graphic novel, which goes into just so deeply into so many different types of truths and real conversations that I feel like so many of us have had with our mothers that we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah, she talked about it and published it and did graphics to attach to it. And, I mean, she calls it what it is, which is, like, a tragic comic. It's very dark and it's difficult to deal with. But something about the way that she draws lifts you up. Mm. Like, knowing, like, oh, this is dark, but it's a comic. So she throws some laughter in there and some joy and some levity. And I think her stuff is just, it's so beautiful. Like, she also makes, like, freaking, like, like, fine art. You can... Anyway, I could go off all day. I think y'all should just go check out her website.
2: We'll put the link on, we'll put the link on our website.
0: There we go. There we go. So so is she, so
2: I have a question. So is she, mm-hmm. so she's doing the comic and so she references, like she like creates the back in the comic, but then like everyone else just runs with it, right? She doesn't like start a foundation or something like that and like.
0: Yeah, exactly. And in fact, she actually says like when she talks, like if you look at, if you look at her website She doesn't mention the fucking Bechdel test at all. Like, I thought she was, it was, like, homepage, like, creator of the Bechdel test. No, it's, like, not, it's, like, I don't even think it's, like, barely a footnote. Like, it's not, like, her main focus and her main gag. When she talks about the Bechdel test, she actually refers to it as the Bechdel-Wallace test because her friend was there with her and suggested like, hey, you should like, this should be a thing. She's like, mm-hmm. it's just in my comic. And she gets a lot of um, like heat because of its simplicity. Mm-hmm. But it really, yeah, it really wasn't her intention for it to turn into this whole elaborate thing. And I wasn't
1: trying to design the official way to judge women's representation right. in movies. Right,
0: but since, since there is like, since it's not super great, like, first of all, it's super basic and, Like, only, like, less than 50% of films, like, actually do it. Like, way less. And I think that's being incredibly gracious. Uh, 50% of films pass it. But then also it gave opportunity to do a whole bunch of other tests. So people, like, elaborated on it and expanded on it. Like, some Mm -hmm. people, like, they have to be named characters. They have to be talking for at least 60 seconds. Or, um,
1: still, so, it's such a bare minimum. It is
0: a bare minimum, <laughs> but there's other ones that got created, like the Makomari, which is is there a female character who has a significant arc, or the Johnson right. analysis, which gives and takes away points based on how women and girls are represented in movies. So, there's Duvernay's test. We have one we do on our other podcast now. Oh, yeah,
1: we made up our own.
0: We did the <laughs> Sky <laughs>
1: and Stone test.
0: And that asks is there anybody represented in this movie who is basically outside of your gender norms? Is there any Uh, is there there anybody a
1: non gender conforming character, period.
0: Yeah, and that's
1: And it's, it's usually a fail. It's
0: usually no. So, yeah, we don't have really. <laughs> I, I'm excited for the day where we have to elaborate on. Well, you our, guys are also
1: reviewing old, older movies, right?
0: Well, 10, ten years.
1: Yeah, 10 or more years old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, we're not expecting. I mean, Gone with the Wind failed, but that's fine.
2: <laughs> I know, do feel like a lot more. I feel like, like today, in the last couple of years, I feel like there's been an increase in representation. Absolutely.
1: Definitely.
0: Absolutely. I'm so excited. The goal is to keep doing the podcast for at least 10 years so we
2: can Yeah, and especially <laughs> get closer. As, I mean, cuz Hollywood has been doing a lot of like calling out of like the fact that like there's not a lot of women directors and that there's not a lot of like women writers even. Like there's the w- women writers out there, but who's getting hired to do these big budget scripts? Whose scripts right. are getting made? Mm-hmm. And part of the reason all the stories are ma- men-centric <laughs> is that the people that are the gatekeepers are only letting in the men, right? right. Cause they're men yeah. themselves. So it's yeah.
1: like, is there any more? Uh...
0: Yeah. I think I'm just going to wrap up. I'm going to wrap up on what the most recent news has been. And then what Allison's doing now, because Allison is still fucking killing it and doing shit now. So, uh, after the novels got published, uh, it got turned into a musical, like Sarah said. Yep, Fun From Home, 2013. It was off-Broadway. It got so epic, it got pulled onto Broadway. It won many things. Uh, shout out to like more women. It made history, being the first all woman team to win a Tony Award for Best Score. Fuck yes, which I think is badass, right? Fuck yes, Super Fuck yeah. Badass. And the
2: kid who played the girl, the lead. Oh my god, she's so cute. She sang at the Tonys. She's so cute.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, I guess she, the kid she's playing Allison. Then yeah, look at that. Like look Allison that. as a
2: kid. Yeah, is the main is the lead of the show.
0: Nice. That's just cute. They got nominated for fifteen Tonys and they Hell won yeah. seven, including Best Musical. So how dope is it that the person? Like anyway, I mean, I think that's fucking it's dope.
2: It's dope as fuck. Anyway, that's the answer. It's dope, dope as, as fuck. fuck. It yeah. is.
0: So that was 2013, and then in 2016, Allison decides to break their hiatus of uh, Dykes to Look Out for by publishing. Oh, here we go! I'm busting out my French. Piste, resistance, resistance. It's piece, the piece of resistance. Piece de résistance. Piece. Yeah. In response to Donald Trump getting elected, that's what it was like. Donald Trump got elected, and she took the fucking comic strip out of hiatus and was like, "Fuck." This. Yes, we
1: still need this. Yes, we
0: still need this. So over the course of seven days, there's uh different strips that get published, which is basically like all of these characters that everyone knows and loves and has, you know, grown with over 25 years sitting down over a Thanksgiving dinner deciding like what they're gonna do. And for over the seven days, it just like unfolds and it crashes both her website. And the seven-day newspaper site psych- because there was just too much traffic Whoa, leading to it. that's badass. <laughs> what a fucking influencer, right? What a fucking influencer. Like old-school
2: feminist influencer. Old-school feminist yes. queer influencer. Yes, Love yes, it. yes.
0: It's good stuff. So, yeah, that's about it. I think the the last thing is the latest kind of thing, which is really fun because it is kind of full circle because the whole reason why I even was like, let me make sure Bechdel's not just some old dude benefiting (laughs) off of, like, the new age. I don't know why, but I'm really glad because it led me to this rabbit hole Um, was because Jake Gyllenhaal, who was in October Sky, which is the reason why I looked it up, ended up getting the rights to adapt the musical into a film. So in 2020 of last year, amongst all the crazy shit that was going on, Jake Gyllenhaal also acquired the right to produce the movie version of this, and he is going to play her dad.
1: Oh, wow. So
0: Jake Gyllenhaal, who I love, is going to play her dad.
1: Who's gay and kills himself.
0: And does part-time in a funeral home and is a teacher. I am fucking
2: stoked. So Oscar today, bait, Oscar Allison, bait. That's Oscar bait uh, shit. Oh, For sure sure. Let's call it out (laughs) I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch it Uh,
0: So Allison now lives in Vermont with her partner And they've been married since 2005 And yeah she works at this At her local newspaper And keeps calling out people She's now doing Like, YouTube, it's really fun. I think she's a really dynamic person, and it's very interesting. She's also very much into physical fitness and being physically healthy. And it's just so interesting to me how someone who's responsible for the Bechdel test, it's just literally not anywhere on her shit. And I get it, because she has done a lot of other really cool stuff. And I think that she's
2: abroad that people should know. I think so, too. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I think I appreciate, though, like, the, her, like, humbleness about it, because there has been, like, all this work that people do, like, that may have been the origin story, but people have been doing, like, I think there's, like, a whole foundation now that, like, does a lot of research and, and crunches these numbers and, like, try. you know, th- there is, like, a lot of work happening around the Bechtel that, she, I, that she's not involved with. So I appreciate her, her modesty, you know, because, but it's still, she does deserve some cred, so...
1: Definitely,
0: I agree. If you like this episode, you can go and look up some other broads you should know:
2: Yoko Ono and Audre Lorde. Man, another queer oh, artist. yeah,
1: queer artists and, changing the world. Share
2: uh, height, changing the story that people are told about women.
1: She did the sex research and found out that women don't need men to have orgasms. Right.
2: Also, like Jennifer Nelson, maybe like.
1: Yeah, you can see Jennifer Nelson. If you like this episode, Jennifer Nelson uh, is the one who brought "Happy, happy birthday, birthday" into the, the public domain.
2: That's true. Accidentally making big ass shit happen. Christine yeah. Jorgensen too was our the first widely known trans woman in the USA. We've done an episode on her. So, uh, who, whatever topics you're interested in, check out these other episodes, guys. We got so many broads,
1: so many broads worth knowing.
2: Thank you so much for
0: listening to this episode of Broad's You Should Know. If you want to learn more about amazing and noteworthy women from history, you should totally go through, scroll the feed, download what you like, tell your friends about it, leave a comment, leave a review, a comment. I'm so social media. Leave a review and check out the website broadsyoushouldknow.com and come back next week for another badass broad that you definitely want to tell your mama about.